Hi, friends. This is Will Parker. Have you ever received a gift that is so valuable you wanted to share the joy of it with others? That's how I feel every time I learn something new from spending time with educators like the guests on this program and with educators like you. If today's episode gives you new ideas or inspiration, would you share the joy by rating this show on whatever podcast app you may be using? Or better yet, would you share this episode with a friend? I hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and I just want to say thank you in advance for doing what matters. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 325. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, which we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. And this week, I'm back with my co-host, Jen Schwanke, author, speaker, deputy superintendent. Oh my gosh. And I, is it time to announce the new title, <laughs> Jen Schwanke? Well, you had your sharp intake of breath. I did not know what you where you were going there, but now I think I know. Yes, you can, you can say it. Dr. Jen <laughs> Schwanke, congratulations, Dr. Schwanke, on your new uh, title. I'm so, so proud of your hard work because let me just dig there for just a moment. By the way, Principal Matters listeners, we're going to take another set of questions from listeners. We've been talking about transitions in the last few weeks, if you want to go back to those episodes, but I, I just got to stay here for a second. Okay, Jen Schwanke. <laughs> Practicing school leader. I, I know you hate this. I know you. Hate I this. do. I'm just gonna I say it. I'm just going to say it. Practicing school leader, author, mom, wife, daughter, and teaching classes at the university. Level. And you just finished your doctorate. Congratulations, Jen Schwanke. You so, should be so proud of your hard work. Listeners, if you could see it, Will and I can see each other. You cannot see us. Here's what's happening right now. Will is being amazing. Will, he's happy. He's smiling. I am beet red. I'm sweating. I'm leaning back in my chair, needing to like turn on an air conditioner or something. Yes. Yeah. I'm having a, a physical reaction of embarrassment and humility. I am, I am done. I have completed my doctoral journey and defended and it's done. So, um, it feels, it feels very much like a relief right now. I'll see how the other emotions come, um, when, when relief, um, dissipates a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, the crazy part, Jen, is that I'm going to have to go back now and change all of the <laughs> advertising that we did for the conference that's coming up in Oklahoma where Dr. You Don Parker's coming. And we all that, all that advertisement says Jen Schwanke, but folks, you can guarantee we're going to be changing it up. Dr. Jen Schwanke, if you are available February 8th and 9th is coming to Oklahoma. And so you better mark your calendars because we can't wait to have her here. Go to CCOSA if you want to register for the OASSP and OMLEA Leadership and Learning Conference. But Jen, we're here to talk to listeners about their leadership. So let's jump in because yeah. we've had some questions. And last time we got through one question and we've got a couple of more. So let's see how far we can get. So first of all, if you are a Principal Matters listener and you want to engage with Jen or me, it gives us so much joy when we hear from you. So feel free to reach out. My email address is will at williamdparker.com. Jen can share hers, which um, which is what, Jen? JenSchwanke at gmail.com. Yeah. So just reach out to either one of us with questions or feedback, and we love to connect with you. But this week, we have another question that's come through, and here it is, Jen. What is the best way to find out or gather information on how others see me? 
should I create a questionnaire or have teachers and staff respond to or hold conversations with teachers to find out how they view me or my leadership? Do you have any suggestions for these or questions? Any assistance you can offer would be greatly appreciated. And again, this is from a listener. I don't always have permission to share their titles um, as they're wrestling with questions, but I wanted to start here, Jen. So you go first. Well, when I read this question, my first thought was I felt like I had alarms and sirens going on off in my head, red flags everywhere. I think this question is a really good one the, because the principal wants to know how other people see them. But I also want to caution principals who are asking this to proceed with care because um, we don't do this job to please, to make sure everybody around us is happy and, and gets what they want. I actually had a a conversation with a parent in my community not too long ago. And what had happened was there was a disciplinary situation and, um, bottom line, the parent was, was unhappy. And when, um, she said, you know, this certain thing happened. And then the, the, um, principal reacted in this way. And later I talked to the people involved and the principal said to me, you know, this, this boy punched another boy. The teachers were mad at me because, um, they felt that the consequence should have been something besides what it was. The kid was mad because he felt the consequence should have been something else. And then the parents were mad. And then the parents go and play, you know, in their bunco group and they're all talking bad about me. And the principal's like, I didn't punch anybody. I didn't do anything wrong. And everybody's mad. And I said to this principal, you know, if, if you sent out a survey right now, yes, everybody would be mad at you, but overall, what you're looking for, first of all, is the long game. You want to react to all situations consistently with confidence, Mm -hmm. um, and with an eye to what, you know, we talked about intentionality in the last episode that applies here too. What's your intention? What's your desired outcome? And if you stick with that kind of approach over time, you're going to gain the respect of people. So if you, if you approach your job and your effectiveness as a, um, as a goal of making people happy, you're going to drive yourself crazy. And you might send a survey out that tells you if people are happy or not, but again, happy is a complicated word. Does it mean that they, they, everybody got what they wanted? Cause that's never going to happen. If they're happy, does that mean that they have a leader that they feel does the right thing for kids every time that maybe so. So, um, you know, we're going to talk more about this for the next 20 some odd minutes, but I just, I think it's important for principals who are asking this question to pause and say, what am I really looking for? Am I looking for validation? Do I want some gold stars or do I want some information that's going to, um, change how I approach people? Yeah, let's stay here for a few minutes because I do later in the conversation want to give some 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 tips and ideas on ways that you might be able to reflect um, constructively on how others see you. But Jen, that's such a great place to start. And I would just add to that, and I think you hinted on this already, or you may have already said it, but the question that keeps coming through my mind is, am I being true to the core values and the mission of what I'm supposed to be doing in this work? You know, so when I step out of my car every day and I'm heading or off, however you get to work, Principal Matters listeners, when you're stepping into your school every single day, there should be some reminder to yourself. I know in my, this is just the way I operated, Jen, but I would kind of give myself a little pep talk as I'm stepping into school today. What's my, why am I here? And if I'm here because I'm putting out fires or I'm here because I don't want anybody upset with me or if I'm here because I want to make everybody happy, that's, I'm going to fail. 
-hmm. But if I'm here because I want to see students have safe, productive environments for learning, I want to find when things are broken solutions for fixing them. When I'm, when someone needs to have hope restored, I want to be an agent of at least pointing them in the right direction. That's how I coach myself up because that's returning me to the reason that I, that I'm in this work. And so I think it's so important that you ask yourself the question, your question, am I staying true to that mission? Right. Because if I'm staying true to that mission, then I'm going to, I won't make everybody happy, but I'm going to be moving in the right direction towards that kind of care for kids and families. Well, and I always think it helps as you give yourself that pet pep talk to think, what do I want my legacy to be? What, what do I want them to say about me when I'm long gone? You don't want them to say, I always got what I wanted from her or boy, she really tried hard to please people. That's not what I want on my professional tombstone, so to speak. I want, she really did hard things or you know what? She considered everyone's perspective and then came to a fair outcome. So it's not about being liked or being, or those gold stars. It's about being a leader. And mm -hmm. so when you think of where you want to be at the end of all this, whether, and by all this, I mean a career, but I also mean every individual incident. If you start with your outcome in mind, then I don't think you have to worry so much about what people think of you because that will fall into place. Talk for a minute about the idea that you you are unpacking in, in our shared notes about a Venn diagram, because I think this is going to be really helpful. Right. I, um, I always, Venn diagrams are fabulous if you think about leadership, because often there's two uh, mindsets that appear to be conflicting, but there's some important crossover in the middle. And for school leaders, I think it's very important to be courageous. And uh, I mentioned, you know, doing those hard things, having the hard conversations, being honest in a kind and compassionate way. And, and being courageous as a leader sometimes means you look around, you feel very, very alone. Mm -hmm. So picture that on the left side of a Venn diagram, and then picture on the right hand side of the Venn diagram, responsiveness to, to people who are, um, angry, upset, um, frustrated, dismayed, and your response to that is, you know, it's easy to put a bandaid on a wound. It's easy to say, okay, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to put this out. I'm going to, but, but that responsiveness and the courage to stand alone right smack in the middle is where your leadership sweet spot is. And again, pleasing your staff in your responses shouldn't be your goal. Mm -hmm. Doing the right thing for kids, um, sticking to policy that is generally written to be fair and ensure equity equity, that's where your responsiveness should lie. And that takes courage. So you see yeah. there we have in the very middle of the Venn diagram, we have that place where courage and responsiveness cross cross over. And, and it's just a really good way to think of it. And if you, if anybody's listening to this in their office and you've got a whiteboard, draw a Venn diagram and write courage on the left and write responsiveness on the right. And that area in the middle is where you should look for when, when you're responding. And also when you're thinking about what kind of feedback you want and how you'll get it. I like that. I'll add a couple of more thoughts to this too. When it comes to trying to make courageous, wise decisions that you hope are reflecting well with other people, even though you can't control how they feel. You know, one of the questions that I ask myself in leadership, and this was something I learned early from one of my first principles that I thought was strong and steady. Um, he used to consistently say, are you being fair, firm, and consistent? Because that's actually a, a pretty good definition of strength. 
I'm being firm, fair. Now that no one's perfect at that, but I'm, I'm trying to, in the way that I treat other people to be as fair as I can, as firm as I can, and as consistent as I can. And I've heard someone say once, Jen, when you're really struggling with a hard decision, ask yourself the question, what would a strong leader do? And sometimes that places you outside of the moment and you could picture a strong leader doing something really courageous in that moment. And you're like, that's probably the direction I should go mm-hmm. instead of like, where can I hide or how can I make everybody happy? It's what would a strong leader do in this situation? But I guess, well, I don't have to guess. I know when we're speaking to principal matters listeners, they understand the definition of strong leadership. Sometimes when I look across um, culture at large, I get a little bit nervous that we've forgotten what strong leadership is supposed to be um, because I, I see people demonstrating attitudes or behaviors that are toxic or selfish or greedy or whatever. But in education, we know that anyone who exercises those kinds of behaviors um, is when I think of strong leader, that's not what I picture. And so if, if anyone who's listening to that thinks that that's the definition of strong leadership, then if you, I don't believe a, a good educator believes that because when you've been on the other side of it, you know how horrible it is to work in that kind of environment. And so, so when I think about um, what would a strong leader do, I'm thinking about that person who demonstrates what you just said, the, the courage to do the right thing, the response to the fears or concerns of other people, and somewhere in the middle is where that comes out. Right. Um, and not everybody's going to be happy, but you are, you're, but you're demonstrating leading people in a direction that they wouldn't go otherwise. Well, and you know, there's a, I'm not even going to try and quote who said this, but um, Brene Brown has talked before about being in the arena. Mm-hmm. That's who I think the people sh- you should look for feedback, people who really see your work, see the complications of it and see your outcomes, maybe even see the angst that you have leading. Um, I had the wonderful opportunity earlier this week to speak to a very large room of school secretaries. And what a wonderful experience. You want to talk about a bunch of people who were there for the right reasons, but we talked about um, their relationship with their principals. And I'll tell you what, those are people who see leadership. They they're in the arena and Mm -hmm. that's someone that, um, and I'm not necessarily saying every principal has a strong secretary and has a good relationship with the secretary, but we talked as a, as an entire room about how sometimes principals have to do such hard things and everyone feels, it feels like everyone's mad at them and there's no one there who's saying, Hey, good job. But when you do make hard decisions, when you have those difficult conversations, or you stand up to something that's not acceptable and say, we don't do that here. And here's what we actually do do the, the respect you gain from the silent majority you won't see that in the minute and you won't see it maybe in the, in that day, but you will see it over time. And, and when I said that at 201, the secretaries were nodding. They, they get the long game. They get that leaders sometimes feel very, very alone, especially in times that require a lot of courage, but they also know that a strong leader um, can do that work and they might be, and not necessarily the secretary, but somebody who's in that arena with you getting dirty, sweating, seeing it, they're the ones that you want to rely on for that feedback to, to see how you're doing. Hi, friends. I want to take a quick break here to ask you a question. Did you know that leaders learn better together? When we isolate ourselves from the input and inside of others, then we work within the limitations of our own ideas and experience. 
And that's why I'm so grateful that you're listening to this podcast right now. It's also why I want to keep you informed of upcoming episodes, as well as leadership academies, mastermind offerings, or executive coaching opportunities I'm making available to leaders like you. Go to williamdparker.com and check out the services link to learn more, or visit my website and select the subscribe button to be on the weekly Principal Matters mailing list. Thank you so much for learning together. Now let's jump back into the rest of today's episode. Wow, Jen, can I read the quote? Oh, you have it, don't you? I, I knew do, you did. You love this This is quote. one of my favorite yeah. quotes by Theodore Roosevelt. So Teddy Roosevelt said, quote, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, but there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Golly, I love that quote. I do. And we could end right there because that says it all. You know, when you, when you want to know what people think of you, think of that quote, who do you want to know? My, I've mentioned before, my husband's an athletic director and, you know, do you want the feedback from the visiting team's parent whose kid didn't play enough? Or do you want feedback from your principal, another athletic director, a tournament director, an official, you know, somebody who sees the work and the time and the energy that goes into running an event where everybody's safe and everybody has an experience that helps students is that you have to think about that before you say, I just, I just want to know if people like me, you have to think about who it is that's in there with you. Okay. Now that we've been that inspiring, let's be really practical. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's so, get real. Let's this get is real. where, this is where, um, being a language arts guy in my background and my wife being a math person in her background, this is where she would say to me, well, that sounds really inspiring, but just tell me what to do. Right. That's what she says. Just tell me what to do. And so there's somebody listening out there who heard that question about how can I see how others see me? Well, here's, here's an, I'm going to give you a link to a free assessment. And again, Jen, I just point to things that I like to use that have helped me in my practice. And so there's an assessment that I have used a lot called the five voices assessment. And it was created by Jeremy Kubitschek and Steve Cochran. And if you want to hear an interview I did with Jeremy Kubitschek, one of the co-authors of this book, go back to Principal Matters podcast episode 184, and you can get a whole half hour of Jeremy Kubitschek talking about this with me. But I have done this several times, Jen, because here's what I've discovered. Um, what I love about this, there's a lot of personality assessments out there, and th but this is the one that I feel like is the most um, is the most simple in terms of just giving you a sense of how others see you. And it begins by you just identifying statements that resonate with you as true. These are statements that resonate with me as true. The way you see things, the way you perceive people, the way you perceive um, risk or controversy or conflict. And by the end, you get a sense of what kind of voice you have when you're sitting with other people. 
Now, there are several different voices that he covers in this list, and I may not be able to remember all of them offhand, and I'm not looking at the notes, but one of them is a pioneer, a person who's typically the controller in conversations. They're risk takers. They often um, overwhelm the presence of others because they're always so decisive. Another voice is that of a connector, and that's somebody who really finds a lot of joy in finding how one person's skills and talents might match another person's and getting those people together. Connectors love to, to collaborate and, and pull people together for solutions. Another voice is that of the nurturer. And that's somebody who's always looking out for the good of the team. And they're, in, in their, in their, they're always relationally aware of what's, what's happening in situations. And then there's the guardian. And the guardian is often seen as that person who's asking the hardest questions in meetings because they're always seeing the risk of something that's getting ready to happen. But if you don't answer the question of the guardian, you might step in it. If, and, and so sometimes we, we think of guardians sometimes as the naysayer, but they actually may be protecting you. And then the last one is the voice of the creator. And that person is typically, and I tend to fall in this area too, someone who's constantly dreaming, thinking of new ideas, coming up with great things that they want to do. But creatives also the flip side, and there's positives and negatives to every one of these voices. A creative has a hard time sometimes conveying in words what's in their head. And so when I've taken this assessment, it's really helped me to see where I tend to have the strongest voice. You can probably guess where my strongest voice is our gen, but connector is my strongest voice. And I have just over and over again, when I take this assessment, find myself, I find so much joy in connecting people and which is why I think I love doing this podcast. Um, and another voice that I have a strength in is the creative voice. And so um, when I have done this assessment with leaders, sometimes they're surprised to see themselves reflected back in that assessment in a way that they didn't realize, oh, this is kind of where I'm falling, where they see me. So one of the suggestions that I have with this, and I've not done this, by the way, so this is one of those where I feel guilty suggesting something <laughs> I've not done, is, but when I was thinking through this question, I was like, well, one, this person could take an opportunity to do some assessment and see what's the voice of mine that comes out most often and what are the strengths and weaknesses of that voice so that I'm careful of how others are portraying me, not because I want to be liked, but because I want to be productive and I want, I want my voice to be helping, not hurting other people. But the idea I haven't tried is having someone else do that assessment on my behalf. Now, I'm not even sure that's possible for someone to honestly assess another person. But I, I have said across from other leaders in the past who have asked me some hard questions of how do you see me? You know, what are the strengths that you see in me? And where do you see areas that I need to grow? And it takes an enormous amount of trust to ask somebody that question. I would not ask that question to a critic, to someone who's consistently giving you negative feedback. I would ask that question to someone I trust, who you know is going to tell you the truth whether that's the strengths that you have or areas that you need to grow. But I did want to give some, some practical tips there too, Jen, in, in ways that leaders might consider um, uh, getting some feedback from colleagues. But I will add this. I do not suggest anonymous surveys to people no. just asking randomly, where do you think I need to grow? Or what do you think about my leadership? Because you're going to get some really poisonous, toxic feedback that's not going to be helpful um, in your growth. And so it, anything you would like to add, I gave a lot of information there. So Principal Matters listeners, if you want some more um, content reflection on that, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes for the five voices. 
Well, and think about principals, think about when you get an anonymous letter from a, from a parent or some anonymous complaint, you feel so frustrated because you think I can't even look into this because I don't even know where to start. And if you do look into an incident from, for which you've gotten an anonymous complaint, you usually find that's not accurate what they're saying happened. And I think that's the same with anonymous surveys. It seems to make a lot of sense on the service surface, you know, I'll just make a Google form and I'll send it out and it'll be anonymous. But, um, it, all it does is leave you deflated and you don't even know where to start to get things fixed. I remember one of my first or second years as a principal, um, I gave a survey. I don't even remember the details of it, but somebody gave a survey and I got the results and I knew exactly who had said what, because there, you know, here's a complaint about someone who said I didn't respond in time. Well, this person didn't think I'd respond in time because they expected my email at 10 AM and it came at 2 PM or something. I knew exactly what, what the situation is, or much worse is when you hear criticism and you have no idea where it came from. You're thinking Mm -hmm. this sounds like it's for somebody else. And usually what that means is the anonymous responder has, has some anger about something somewhere and they're taking it out on you because they have an opportunity for an anonymous platform. So I agree with you. I think if someone wants you to know something, they will tell you. Um, and so, and they'll put their name behind it. And so it is, you know, it is a, caution there. I know it seems easy to, or, or simple. It seems simple to do an anonymous survey, but I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't either. And I do know it because man, Jen, things depending on where you work often depends on what you are, um, what practices that you have embedded. So I'd never want to assume that every place is the same, but I know lots of schools where I've, um, know leaders who, where they do culture and climate surveys, the district does, you know, just to get some feedback from parents and from kids and from teachers. And so there are some survey templates out there that can be helpful because there are, because they've been vetted and there's, they're useful over time. And so I don't want to give the impression that you should never ask for feedback because that's important to get feedback, but I think it's how you respond to the feedback too. That's important. Well, and I speak about this a lot. This is not a plug. It's just the truth in my most recent book, the teacher's principle, because what I said too, is don't look for individual answers, look for trends. Um, if, if you keep hearing over and over and over, um, Mrs. Schwanke doesn't listen. Well, maybe I, maybe I need to work on that. If I hear it one time, that's probably an incident where maybe I wasn't listening, but um, it's not something where I need to really revamp my whole leadership. We um, implemented some new tech in our, in our district and we did a survey and there was somebody who replied and said, um, my, I'm making this up because I don't want to get to do too many details, but one person said, this technology doesn't work. It won't even power on. It simply um, isn't accessible. That was one answer out of probably 3000. So that doesn't mean none of the tech works. We have to start all over. Oh my goodness. There was no trend there. It was one person who felt some kind of way about having to change. So always look for trends. And we, we do this with student data, right? We don't, we know that's the way to approach uh, survey responses. And, and I think from a leadership perspective, again, with teachers, if you're looking for performance issues, look for trends, not one-offs. Oh, that's so good. Well, Jen, we're, we are not going to take up another question. How, how do we burn through 30 we, minutes like yeah, that? You we and did, I, this, we, <laughs> so we just did for, for principal matters listeners. We just finished 
episode 325, which we got through one question. And last week we got through 324, which was one question because Jen and I like to talk I know. a lot. We do. And um, we, have, we have so much sharing that we want to do. Well, I do want to say this. I, I, I'm having this great memory. A few years ago, Jimmy Casas did a book called um, Start Right Now. And it was these things that leaders should be doing right now. And it was just a great list of things. And then he had a follow-up book that he called Stop Right Now, which is like things, just stop doing these things, you know, that, right. that are hurting your culture. And I saw Jimmy present on Stop Right Now, and it was really powerful. But as I think about surveys and asking people for feedback, and I, I'm so glad you said that here at the end, Jen, which is look for patterns and look for consistent feedback. But if you get a one-off statement that that is that's some kind of criticism, especially if you're doing surveys on the work that you're doing, don't let that side track right. you. Right. Stop right now. Stop it. Don't don't <laughs> let that don't don't let those that, that that one negative comment take you off some some down some trail. Uh, or 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 push you off your mission, and I'll give. Right. I'm going to give one example as we wrap up, Jen. Um, when I decided to start sharing principal newsletters back when I was in my practice, um, I was doing something that really had not been done traditionally at my school. I was doing weekly newsletters to our community, and every single week. Now, some some do monthly, some do um, quarterly. I was doing mine every single week. I wanted to put out something for my community to celebrate kids and talk about teachers and. But you know what happens when you create that much content? You have that much more response. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, the, so the positive was that parents and teachers and kids were hearing a lot more of what was going on in our school. And I was getting a lot of positive interaction because of it, because people were hearing from me, not just the bad stuff, but the good stuff. And it was really influencing our culture in a positive direction. But also the flip side of that is, I had a lot more negative feedback mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. people who saw something in the newsletter that needed correcting, or maybe I had left somebody out in a situation, or maybe there was a kid whose picture didn't end up in the whatever. <laughs> and when I first started getting that feedback, the I had this thought that leaders have shared with me forever, which is no good deed goes unpunished. You know, right. like I, I wanted to be mad that this person would take the time to criticize me. But, you know, Jen, I just had to make a decision, which was this is the give and take of if I'm going to communicate more then I open myself up more for people to push back on things that, that they see one though, let me celebrate the fact they're reading what I send them and two, get over it. If someone sends me something like that, just like, okay, I'm going to correct okay. it the next time around and, yep. and not, and don't take it personally right. and don't stop doing it because that, that was the first thought that came to mind. Maybe I should just stop doing this. Well, I could have stopped doing that, but instead what I decided was, no, I'm going to embrace this. This is what comes with the territory of, of embracing a community and communicating with them is that sometimes you're misunderstood or sometimes you miscommunicate. And so, um, and as long as you're not doing something unethical or illegal or immoral, um, then you need to make sure that you just take confidence and the courage that you're heading in the right direction. You're staying true to your core values. You're doing the things that you know are best for other people. And when you do get that reflection that's back to sometimes is constructive criticism, take it for what it is. Right. And, uh, and then move on. So um, I hope that's helpful. Um, I do too. I think for, it will. For anybody that's listening and Jen Schwanke, I always enjoy the conversations. And if anyone wants to connect with you, Jen, Tell them where to find you and what's going on with Jen Schwanke if they want to reach out. Yep. Just look at jenschwanke.com and the, uh, that's my website. You can find me there. And if you want to reach out to me for any of the resources or trainings, 
that are coming up through my work, you can always find that at the website at williamdparker.com. And I'll say this as we wrap up to Jen, because I, I almost never do. I think I may have said this last episode because I'm trying to train myself to remind people. If you like this podcast, um, please share it because uh, other people, um, is I've gotten to know listeners who've now been around for five or six years. It's so amazing to me to realize that sometimes we've been friends for five years, but I'm just now getting to know them. And so reach back. I would love to hear from you. And I would love to know that you're sharing this with someone else if you find it valuable. So please- we- we, well, we want feedback and we want it enough of it that we can identify trends with what we do well. That's what we want. <laughs> well, you just applied the whole episode to this closing. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, Principal Matters listeners, thanks for doing what matters and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com. Check out the services link on williamdparker.com to learn more about leadership academies, mastermind offerings, and executive coaching. If you're planning professional development for the year ahead, or you're looking for keynote presentations from any of my books, please email me at will at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together today, and thanks again for doing what matters.